Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Drop the chips, make physically fit protein snacks part of your daily gold medal routine. They're high in protein, made from 100% all-natural real chicken meat and organic plant protein. Air-baked, low in net carbs, and taste insanely delicious. Grab a bag today and enjoy curbing your hunger with a crispy crunch and intelligent real food protein snack. Now you and your family can reach the gold with Physically Fit. Now available in 11 great flavors. Visit physicallyfit.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe it. We are in the last week of July already, and before you know it, the kids will be back in school and the summer will be over. But what's not over is the value you continue to have access to over at adfreeshows.com. It's full steam ahead and with your favorite podcasts early and ad-free, plus those can't-miss interactive experiences and all the bonus content. Just this month alone, the ad-free show's members were treated to extra content with Kurt Angle discussing his last match in WWE against Sabu prior to joining TNA. Then JR stopped by and relived Hulk Hogan's iconic heel turn at Bash at the Beach. Then we had Eric Bischoff grace us with his presence to watch along as Cactus Jack battled Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff in a Falls Count Anywhere four-star match. And you don't want to miss what Eric had to share about the very talented Mr. Wonderful. So do it now. Sign up and begin working your way through the archives. We have both audio and video options, so whether you're back to commuting or have time to relax on the couch with your favorite mobile device, it's all available at your fingertips right now over at adfreeshows.com. Well, he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. He's a real athlete, so give him your respect. He's got intensity, integrity, intelligence too. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. We have a great episode planned for you today. We'll be doing Ask Kurt Anything, where the fans can ask me anything they want. But first, I want to introduce to you my co-host, Conrad Thompson. Conrad's been on vacation the past couple of weeks, but now he's back. Welcome back, my friend. Man, I'm excited to be here. I can't believe I went more than seven days without talking into a microphone, but it feels good to be back. And, uh, <laughs> I'm coming back with my favorite show topic with you. We've only done one other ask her anything. I still think to this day, it was the most fun you and I had together and we're going to do it again today. Unfortunately, there's no way we'll get to all the questions. We got hundreds of questions, but we got some good ones this week, Kurt. 
Uh, let's jump into it. It started. Yes. Yeah. Jackie Sangria says, Hey Kurt, I know you and most fans think Cena would have been the perfect retirement match, but what about Shane McMahon? I think most people consider your King of the ring match to be one of the most memorable moments in wrestling history. Plus with your own history and he could still go. I never thought of that. Kurt, what do you think? Shane, could he have been a perfect retirement match? Shane would have been a great retirement match, but I don't know if I want to go through a match like that. Yeah. Anything goes street fight with Shane McMahon when I'm 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how my body would hold up with that thing, but I thought Cena made sense because, uh, you know, I started his career and I thought Cena could end mine. So it made better sense, but I would, I would have done Shane McMahon. I just don't know if I would have been up for it. <laughs> Kurt, I think this question, uh, it reads a little rude, but I don't think it came from a rude place. He says, what was, uh, this is JM Wagner. Uh, what was it like the first time you walked into the impact zone of TNA after you were used to wrestling in front of 20, 50, 60,000 fans. Now you're wrestling in front of only 12 to 1500. Or did you ever start to question your decision? Well, it was an adjustment, you know, wrestling in front of a smaller crowd, it, it was a bit tough. I mean, you know, you're spoiled when you're in WWE, you know, you have sold out shows everywhere, but TNA was a much smaller company, but it was a great smaller company. They had a great, they did great ratings on spike TV. We we're doing 2 million viewers a week. We had a good little run. So I, I don't regret my decision, but you know, it, it was, uh, it was uh, difficult at the beginning to uh, adjust to it. Well, I think that's fair. Uh, councilman Tony wants to know, does Kurt remember participating in charity basketball games in Pittsburgh? I remember he did one at my own high school after winning the Olympic gold medal in a game between heart doctors and people with heart transplants, the doctors versus transplants. I do remember that. I think that was at Keystone Oaks high school in the South Hills in Pittsburgh. It was a great event. I actually played the game. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a charity event to raise money and uh, anytime I can be involved in a charity, I'm going to do it. So, uh, it, it was a lot of fun and the fans really enjoyed it. Uh, jazz Creed wants to know, hi, Kurt with wrestling being dangerously close to being pulled from the Olympics a few years ago, where do you see the sport heading internationally in the future? I think that wrestling's at its highest peak right now, amateur wrestling. And that's because of MMA and also pro wrestling. Uh, the, it gives these athletes a, a future beyond Olympic wrestling. And so I, I don't think the Olympic committee is going to try to pull wrestling from uh, the Olympics anymore. The reason they did that was because the wrestling wasn't listening to them. They were doing their own thing and, and they weren't abiding by the Olympic rules. And I think that that's why they wanted to, scare amateur wrestling by saying, we're going to, we're going to pull you, uh, if you guys don't shape up. So, but right now wrestling's at its highest peak. We have the most successful Olympic team coming up, uh, in freestyle wrestling. I wouldn't be surprised if every weight class medals, uh, so wrestling's at its highest peak right now, amateur wrestling, and, uh, they're doing an incredible job. I mean, if, if the Olympics got rid of, uh, wrestling, would you just, I mean, since we know you're a baller now, would you just play basketball instead? Do you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd be fouling everybody, messing everybody up. Cause that's all I'm good at <laughs> when did I played basketball. Did you play basketball in high school? I played in elementary school. I didn't play in high school. I, I wrestled. You couldn't play. You couldn't wrestle and play basketball because it was during the same time of the year. So 
I, n- I never play basketball beyond elementary school. Hypothetically, if you were to play basketball, what position would you be? Would you be a point guard, a shooting guard? I mean, it's not like you're going to be a center. What do you think you would play? <laughs> not at five eleven. Um, I would say probably a, a, a shooting guard. Uh, I, I like to shoot, even though I'm not good at it. Uh, I'm not gun shy by any means. I'm going to throw up a, you know, whatever I can <laughs> and see if it goes in the hoop. So uh, I would say a shooting guard. But you're probably more of a defensive basketball player. That's my guess. Is that right? I, I'm really good at blocking people out. So, yeah. uh, you know, especially under the hoop. I'm like Charles Barkley, and I, I, I get very brutal underneath, underneath the hoop. So uh, I'm very physical in basketball. And everything else. <laughs> and everything else, yes. Uh, Chris writes, uh, during Kurt's time wrestling in college, fox catcher, and on the Olympic team, was it ever discussed to groom someone in Greco-Roman to defeat uh, Alexander Carolyn and does Kurt think he or Brock Lesnar could have beaten him? <laughs> um, Brock or I, could we have beaten Alexander Carolyn? Not in Greco-Roman wrestling because Brock and I didn't do Greco-Roman. There's two different styles, freestyle and Greco-Roman. Greco-Roman's all upper body mainly and freestyles everything. So uh, Alexander Carolyn was a Greco-Roman wrestler and he's the most successful wrestler of all time. Um, I, I, I don't know if, if anybody was grooming anyone to beat Corellin cause he was pretty much unbeatable, but Rulon Gardner did beat him. His last match, Corellin's last match, Rulon Bar- Gardner beat him in the Olympic finals. And, uh, in Corellin's defense, he came out of retirement to wrestle one last Olympics. So I wouldn't say that Corellin was in his prime, but I, I believe he was still unbeatable and what Rulon Gardner was able to do was un- unbelievable. I mean, it, it, you know, for him to be able to beat Corellin, even though it was uh, by a technical um, sh- uh, call, uh, it, it showed that uh, Corellin was beatable. And uh, anybody can be beatable, I guess. <laughs> Luke from Eastern Iowa wants to know, do you know during a match that it's good or bad? Or do you know afterwards taking it in, watching it back or from others' opinions? That's a fair question. You probably know in the ring, don't you? Like when you're hitting, like when you're feeling it. Yeah. I mean, when you're in the business for a few years, I think, you know, when it's a good match or bad match, especially when you're done, but when you're starting out, you don't know. So you have to review film and see if it was good or bad, but sometimes I question myself and I'll go back and look at it and it might be a little bit better. It might be a little bit worse, but for the most part, I know if it's good or bad. All right, y'all listen up. I got to tell you, I learned something this last year. I couldn't believe, uh, I feel like I've been sort of misled my whole life, but here's a pro tip. I want to share with you. If you're like me and occasionally you had to go to one of those like big box stores for something for your car, I find myself going at least once a year, I'll get some sort of warning on my car that says, Hey, you're a quart low and I got to go pick up some oil. Well, here's the deal, man. I didn't realize that those stores. They're ripoff joints, dude. They've got two different price tiers. If you stretch your ass in there and you've got on a mechanic shirt, you get a better deal than me or you do. That ain't fair. That ain't cool. I ain't with it. You know what I like? I like rockauto.com. Their prices are reliably low and it's the same price for everybody. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or you're a full-time mechanic, there's not price tiers like you're a freaking airline where they're gouging you based on what the market can bear. I shouldn't have to pay more for my stuff. Come on, man. I'm trying to do it myself. What's the difference? RockAuto.com doesn't handle me that way. RockAuto.com wants more money in my pocket. 
rockauto.com is a family business. And oh yeah, this is not a startup. They've been serving auto parts customers online for like 20 years. So why don't you go to rockauto.com right now and just type in your make and model. What you're going to see is everything they have for your car. They'll do it very quickly. You'll be able to choose all the brands, all the specs and all the prices. But did I mention the prices are always reliably low and the same across the board? Why would you spend twice as much for the same stuff? It ain't fair. Rockauto.com is on our side and they have everything we need, man. From engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil, hell, even new carpet. And by the way, this isn't just for your daily driver. They got your classic as well. My dad is obsessed with the website. He got an old school classic Corvette a few years ago, and now he can find everything he needs just like that. And a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Now I want to mention their catalog online is so easy. Even my dad can do it. I think dad's going to be 64. Yeah, dad's 64 and he is not, uh, well, he might be what we call technology challenged or technologically challenged. Easy for me to say I'm English challenged. The idea is though, dad can do this. Recommend rock auto to everyone. You know, this is the new life hat, but do me a favor. When you do this, when you go to rockauto.com and you see all the parts that are available for your car or truck, they're going to ask you, Hey, how'd you hear about us? Please just write in angle that lets them know that we sent you and it's the best way to help and support our show. And oh, by the way, it doesn't cost anything. So go find what you're looking for. And when you see the whole, how did you hear about us box angle one more time, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Uh, his follow-up question is, did you have a say when it came to bringing in Shelton and Charlie for team angle? Did you ever have anyone else in mind for the spot? Well, we, I did have a say, and I did want Charlie and Shelton. And I also wanted Russ Haas, but unfortunately Russ died uh, right before team angle started. That was Charlie's brother. And, uh, he was a, a great wrestler too. He would have been perfect for team angle. Uh, but unfortunately he passed away and I went with Charlie and Shelton. Uh, Luke from Eastern Iowa, uh, has some great questions. We appreciate all of his support. He's been bringing the noise for us. Cam wants to know. Even though it was a short appearance, how did you enjoy working with the rock in the movie pain and gain? Did rock reach out to you for that fight scene? Would love to hear any interesting or fun stories about the filming of that movie. Well, I reached out to rocks team and I told him I was interested in being the film and Dwayne got me in the film and we had a great fight scene. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with rock that day. I didn't see him much cause he was filming other scenes. But the, the great thing about it was I got the opportunity to be directed by Michael Bay, one of the best directors in the history of filmmaking. And uh, that was a total honor. I learned so much from him and, and how to shoot a scene and what he was looking for. He was very vocal about it. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun to be able to see that. And you know, uh, him and Dwayne have excellent chemistry. I'm sure they're going to be working together in the future quite a bit, but hopefully someday I'll be able to work with Michael Bay personally. Uh, here's one from Andy. Love the show guys. Please. Can you give your opinion on the aces and eight storyline during your TNA years? It was one of my favorite wrestling stories ever. Oh, uh, you know what? Aces and eights had a great run. Uh, they were a great faction. Uh, they were, they got very popular. 
I think that what happened, Aces and Eights, before it ended, is it got a little bit too diluted, almost like the NWO and WCW. I think they had too many members by the time uh, the, the, the faction ended. But, um, you know, for the most part, it was a great faction. They, they had a great run, and uh, it was really cool to see that in TNA. Uh, here's one from uh, Michael McClanahan. Since Kurt has held numerous versions of World Heavyweight Championships, what is Kurt's favorite world title design? My favorite was the 2011 version of the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. I know you've said before that you liked the uh, the Big Eagle, your first WWF World Title, but as far as the TNA titles go, did you have a preference? Because I think you held a couple different versions. Yeah, the 2011 version was awesome. That was my favorite version of TNA. For WWE, it was um, it was the Eagle uh, um, uh, title, but I also really liked the World Heavyweight Championship, the WCW title. Yeah, the big gold. All yeah. that gold on the front. The more gold, the better. I, I love that. I think that look is awesome. I, I, that is the most Kurt Angle sentence we're going to hear all day. The more gold, the better. Uh, <laughs> Greg wants to know, love the show and all your stories. What's your secret to staying as humble as you are with all of your accomplishments? Well, that's a good question. Well, a lot of failure and a lot of mistakes and it, it, it kept me humble and it make me work, made me work even harder to be successful. So I didn't give up when I failed and when I made mistakes, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. Uh, I never gave up and it grounded me and made me humble and made me work harder to be successful. So it actually, I turned a, a bad thing into a good thing. By now, everyone has heard that real estate is hotter than ever. Homes are routinely selling for thousands of dollars above the listing price. But if you aren't looking to sell your home or buy another, you may have wondered, how does today's hot market affect me? Today, your house is very likely worth more than ever before. And that means you have more equity than ever before. And that represents a real opportunity to change your life. Now's the perfect time to consolidate all of your credit cards. You see, the interest you pay on a credit card is not only at a very high rate, it's also not tax deductible. Families just like yours have saved five, six, seven, even $800 per month. And you can too at savewithconrad.com. Oh, and if you've been dreaming of remodeling your kitchen, master bathroom, maybe putting in a pool or even a home theater, this is your chance to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket. So why not let my family get your family the best mortgage you've ever had at savewithconrad.com. First family mortgage, NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months at savewithconrad.com. I do want to mention that, uh, I think part of your, not even part, the biggest piece of your story, in my opinion, it's a story of perseverance. You know, here you are with all the Fox catcher stuff and you, and you persevere, you break your freaking neck and you persevere and you've acknowledged that you've had some out of the ring troubles over the years, but by God, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off and you persevere is perseverance. Really the secret to your success. Do you think? Yeah, I just have never given up. I never give up on anything. Yeah. I always see everything to the end. And uh, that that's what my father taught me from when I was a little kid. Uh, you know, I remember when I first started amateur wrestling, I got my ass whooped and I wanted to quit. My dad's like, you're not quitting. <laughs> you're going to do what your brothers do and you're going to do it well. And uh, I said, how long is that going to take? He said, however long it takes, but you're going to stick with it. And, uh, my father taught me to stick with things and not to give up on it. Well, it worked. Uh, my it worked. goodness. Yes, it did. Yeah. Uh, Chris wants to know 
When Ric Flair and you had a conversation about joining pro wrestling in 96, he recommended signing with the WWF. Did you ever talk to him again about that conversation and how grateful you were for his advice? Oh God, Rick brings it up all the time. <laughs> he actually rubs it in my face. Hey, I saved your career <laughs> you WWF instead of WCW, but Rick was right. I think if I would have went to WCW, they probably wouldn't have utilized me the way WWE did. Uh, so I'm very grateful for Rick's advice. Uh, he directed me in the right direction and he's a wrestler. That's not, um, uh, selfish. He's very giving. He's always been like that. Rick's never been political. Um, he he's really just a good guy and he's going to give the right advice all the time. Uh, Dave Amundo says, uh, Kurt, is there a championship past or present that you didn't win that you would have liked to have done? So. That's interesting. It feels like you picked them all up. Is there a territory or a belt you would have liked to have conquered somewhere? Well, I mean, questions go off of my mind, especially with AEW, the run they're having right now. Uh, obviously I'd love to have an AEW title uh, put a feather in my cap. I also wouldn't mind ring of honor. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, uh, I've never been there. I've never done that. You know, I I've gone to TNA, WWE, new Japan, but, uh, you know, if you win all the titles from all the territories or all the promotions, then you're the best ever. <laughs> and I want to be the best ever. Unfortunately, it's probably not going to happen with AEW or ring of honor, especially with my body's condition. But, uh, I would say those two would, would put a feather in my cap. Is there absolutely positively no way, even as a one-off you would consider doing one more match? If they pay me $10 million, I would do one more. <laughs> well, let's get it, baby. You and Kenny Omega. I'm ready for it. Uh, I'll wrestle Kenny for 10 million. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my ass kicked. <laughs> Here's the real question. Who would kick your ass more Kenny or Mrs. Angle? I feel like Mrs. Angle would be the real Angle threat there. Yeah, Mrs. Angle. I'm more scared of her than anybody else. I feel like you'd have to take her phone, keep her off social media. You tell her you have a business trip and just come back all bandaged up with a check. I'm sorry, but I had to do this. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to tell her. There's no way she would let me do it. Yeah, no way. <laughs> that, that that would be the hardest you, you, you sometimes in cage matches, you have to escape the cage. It would be like you trying to escape the house. She's just going to be running defense all day. Uh, she can lock all the doors from the outside. <laughs> it's not happening. It's not happening. Rohan wants to know best piece of advice. You could give someone who's striving to rise up through the WWE ranks. Boy, we got a lot of the boys who listen to this show. This is going to be an interesting answer. What would you say to somebody who's toiling away and they just feel like they're not getting noticed and. Uh, things aren't going as planned now that you're on the main roster. How would you uh, encourage them to uh, move up the ranks, so to speak? Well, for the most part, you're going to get an opportunity, especially if you're lower card. Let's say you're NXT or lower card or mid card. You're going to get an opportunity because somebody's going to get injured. Injuries occur all the time. And that's when you need to be ready to step up. And you need to be ready at any time. Now, for the most part, you will get an opportunity, but every once in a while, some people don't get opportunities, unfortunately, but for the most part, you're going to be able to get that opportunity. and You just have to be ready because uh, injuries are going to happen all the time. They happen every day in pro wrestling. Somebody's going to go out with injury and somebody had, and that person needs to be replaced, especially that particular moment. And that's when you need to rise to the occasion. So you never lose that spot. So be patient. It will happen. 
Uh, Corey wants to know what was your favorite comedic moment of your wrestling career? The woo off with Ric Flair stands out for me, man. You've got so many great comedic moments, almost as many great matches. I mean, not just the woo off, but the rap thing you did with Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty and, uh, the whole John Cena thing. There's so many great moments. I can't put my finger on one. What's your favorite? Well, the woo off with Rick was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I just had neck surgery and I couldn't woo. I, I can't, I can't do it in a high pitched voice. This is the loudest I could go. Woo. And so Rick does it really high. And uh, I, I sound like an idiot when I was doing it with him, but it was a lot of fun. But uh, I would say my battle raps with John Cena, uh, singing sexy Kurt when I was imitating Shawn Michaels, uh, the cowboy hat segments with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. Uh, and the milk truck incident, that was hilarious. I really enjoyed that. I had a lot of funny moments in my career and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, here's one from Dean. Dean wants to know, um, where would, uh, Kurt rank Alexander in all time amateur wrestling? do you have any stories about him? Oh, uh, Alexander, uh, he's, he's the greatest of all time. He's the most dominating wrestler in the history of, of amateur wrestling. Uh, there's no doubt about that. The, he's proven that every year. I think he's a 12 time world Olympic gold medalist, a one time Olympic silver medalist because he lost his last match, but a story that this was the rumor about Alexander Karelin. When he was born, he was 12 pounds. And by the time he was 12 years old, he weighed 250 pounds and he was six foot two. He was a beast. And, uh, you know, he ended up being a, a successful amateur wrestler. And uh, the rumors were, especially in the United States, that Karelin was considered the experiment by the, the Russian uh, party. And uh, they wanted to groom him from when he was born to be an Olympic gold medalist wrestler. And, um, and they were injecting him with steroids, which, which is not true because the Olympics, you're not allowed to take steroids. Right. Every wrestler, every athlete gets tested. But that was the rumor about Alexander Corral because he was so dominating and he was such a freak of nature. Uh, you know, humans want to believe what they want to believe. And they, you know, they, they, they don't, they want to, they don't want to believe that someone could be that freakish. And Corellin was, he, he was a freak of nature. I mean, the guy uh, was quick, powerful, smart. He, he has the mind of Socrates. He's a philosopher and he's also a politician over in Russia. So he's every bit as smart as he is physical. The guy, the guy's a freak of nature. In hindsight, you know, I know we're talking a lot about amateur wrestling today, but it's a big part of your life. Obviously in hindsight, was it rather unbelievable after like what? 13 years undefeated when Rulon beat him. I mean, I don't think anybody would have ever called that. Right? No, I, especially, I think two years prior, he beat Rulon 10, nothing. He, he 10 pointed him in like three minutes. And, uh, so everybody counted Rulon out at the Olympic finals, but Rulon found a way to win. He, he really did. He, he put all his, uh, leaned all his weight on Carell and got him tired, uh, really utilized his body size and uh, got Carell into the point where he was exhausted. And uh, they, they ended up going in overtime. They tied in overtime and then they had to do this where they had to lock each other's bodies up. And you weren't allowed to get let go of the hold until someone got taken down. If you, if you're, you're if you let go of your hold, you lose the match. And Corellin went to re-secure his uh, lock, 
and it slipped and it just did this for a second. And that was the end of the match. That's how, that's how Corral lost the match. So it was a technical difficult. It was a technical foul on why, why Corral and lost, but Rulon beat him. I mean, that, that was, that was the role of the match. Those were the rules and Rulon uh, somehow, some way beat the unbeatable. And it's incredible that he did. Here's one from, uh, Matt. Matt wants to know when you were developing chicken snacks, did you have to taste test prototypes before nailing down the winning formulas? And were there any rejected flavors? <laughs> yes, there were a lot of rejected flavors. Uh, the, a lot of them were the same flavors though. We, we didn't switch flavors. We, you know, we did the honey or sweet barbecue, the sriracha, uh, you know, uh, sour cream and onion, cinnamon swirl, all of them Kung Po. But uh, every every time we we had them tested, um, they got a little bit better, and I think it took about seven or eight tests before we got it right, and we knew we nailed it, and that's when we put them out to the market. What was the silliest flavor you tried that just you couldn't do? Well, at the beginning, the kung po was a little bit uh, it was off, a bit too spicy, and and no flavor to it. So uh, we we had to add some certain things in there. Uh, the, the the production company had to add some stuff in there to make it a little more flavorful. But it, they're they're awesome now. The flavors are awesome, all of them. So we're we're really happy with our product. Let's hit up uh, Rodney Owens here. He says, are there any wrestlers from the eighties that you would have been able to have great matches with, or that you would have wanted to wrestle? That's a great question. Did you ever watch any old tapes and say, man, I hate, I missed that guy. We could have did some great stuff. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I would have loved to wrestle Bob Backlund. Back mm. Um, uh, iron Sheik, <laughs> just, just from his character standpoint alone, <laughs> you know, especially USA versus Iran. That would have been awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I love Andre. I would have loved to wrestle Andre. Uh, I love being tested and uh, wrestle a big guy like that, you know, like big show, uh, that, that would have been awesome. But, uh, you know, Bret Hart was, you know, in his prime back then, I would have loved the wrestle Bret in his prime. Definitely. I, I would have loved to have seen you with it, with Mr. Perfect. Did you ever wrestle? Oh, Arn yeah. Anderson? You never wrestled Arn Anderson anywhere. Did you? No, unfortunately, uh, he retired before I had a chance to wrestle him. What about, uh, uh I know it's random, but did you ever work Ricky Morton on an indie show somewhere? No, I didn't. I was at an indie show with Ricky Morton. He did. Uh, he did wrestle that night, but, uh, he he's awesome too. I, I would have loved to wrestle Ricky Morton. Uh, what, what an incredible talent. He, he had it all. That guy was, uh, he, he had the fans by the, you know, on the seat of their, you know, pants, uh, or yeah. edge of their seat. He, he was all, they, they were always emotionally tied to Ricky Martin. So, all right. So listen, I'm not going to pretend to be an Olympic athlete. Everybody knows that's for my co-host, but I can tell you that, well, I'm getting a little older. I just turned 40 last month and, uh, well, I'm feeling it, especially in a knee that I've had trouble with since, I don't know, high school football. It's been a long time. Uh, but now I got to tell you, I think I figured it out feels. Yeah, I'm not talking about just feeling better or feeling bad. You see, CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain. This has been a game changer for me. I started using feels as a way to feel better. It's really worked. I'm sleeping better. It's not something that I wake up and I feel like I'm stiff and I'm not myself. And this has been a game changer. It's all thanks to feels. 
You see, Feels is a premium CBD that's going to help you keep your head clear and feel your best. But best of all, it's hassle-free. It's delivered directly to your door. CBD naturally helps you reduce stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness, and there's no addiction. There's no hangover. That's certainly been the case for me. I cannot recommend this enough. You just place a few drops of feels under your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important and really everyone's dose is different. And that's why feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. So you can find the perfect dose. The feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the feels monthly membership makes your self care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel anytime. So what are you waiting for? Start feeling better with feels become a member today by going to feels.com slash angle and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F E A L S.com slash angle to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com forward slash angle. I would have loved to have seen that or even Barry Windham, Tully Blanchard. So many great ones from the eighties. Oh, there are a lot. You're right. Tully Blanchard. Yes, definitely. Even Ted DiBiase. I mean, that was, you know, that, that could have been a great match. The million dollar man. Yes. Uh, Mark and Dryden wants to know, um, will WWE having fans back in the arenas really do that much to move the needle in terms of rating or resurgence and in interest? I mean, I tell you, man, I, I saw AEW the other night with a an arena full. And I was excited. It felt like a better show. I, I don't think pro wrestling was meant to happen on a sound stage. It is an interactive medium. We need fans there. And I think I'm going to watch more than I ever have before, or at least the last 18 months. It just, it, it felt a little, I don't know, like something was missing and it was the fans. I think it will be a, a much better show now. How about you? Yeah. You need the fans atmosphere. It definitely helps. And uh, you know, I think they said some about house shows, um, you know, having uh, house shows and WWE going to house shows uh, or any pro wrestling promotion going to house shows or live events uh, helps their TV ratings because you're showing the fans, you're exposing the fans to the live events and that makes them want to watch even more. And also the wrestlers make more money because of the live events. So I think that uh, opening up and having bigger crowds will benefit wrestling greatly, especially with ratings too. Uh, here's one from uh, Dan Potts. He wants to know on your match days as an amateur, did Kurt have a ritual or routine? That's a great question. It was simple. I, I, you know, I would stretch and, and uh, say a quick prayer and I would do 21 jump squats. Why 21? I would do 20 and then I would do one for Jesus. <laughs> that was my, that was my, uh, Forte. That's what I did every single time. And I stuck with that and it worked really well. <laughs> did you have like, um, were you superstitious about, I put this shoe on first or I wear this certain type of sock or anything like that? I would wear the same briefs, the, the, the tights, uh, the, the underwear. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes they'd be pretty sweaty and dirty, especially if I was wrestling a tournament for the next, for a couple of days. But, um, I always had to wear the same briefs. It had to be the same briefs. That's great. Callan Saxer wants to know, Hey, Kurt, is there any form of a new workout that you wish you would have benefited from 25 years ago while training for the Olympics, like CrossFit, et cetera? 
Well, you know what? I was doing CrossFit before CrossFit existed, but I didn't have the equipment or resources these guys do now for CrossFit. Uh, so um, uh, I would have definitely benefited greatly from it. These athletes today have such an advantage because of their type of training. Uh, they're better athletes. They're stronger. They're faster, um, you know, than they were when in, in my prime. And that's because of the exercises that they can do now and, and the, the workout routines like CrossFit. CrossFit is awesome. It's the best form of training there is. Here's one from uh, Bryant. Bryant wants to know you've competed in several gimmick matches. Which one did you enjoy the most? And which one did you think was just ridiculous? Oh, geez. Uh, I would say the six man hell in a cell when I wrestled Undertaker, Rikishi, The Rock, Birmingham. H, yeah. And uh, I can't remember the last person. Um, Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah. Um, I think all, I got the all, all the big stars are in there. And that's when Rikishi fell in the bed of sawdust. Right? Yes. Yes. It, it was an awesome match, uh, especially how we planned it out. It, it worked tremendously well. Uh, I actually retained the title that night. Hooray for me. Uh, but I would say the one that was ridiculous and you're going to be surprised, uh, was the street fight against Shane McMahon, King of the ring. Of course. <laughs> Uh, we beat the shit out of each other. I mean, uh, you know, and, and the crazy thing we, is we still had a smile on our face afterward. We both ended up in the hospital. <laughs> so, um, you know, that, that match was ridiculous and, uh, but it, it was, it was a great match and I'll, I'll never forget it. It was a great memory, but we got banged up pretty badly. Here's a fun one. Uh, cause I don't know how out of left field this is for you. Kevin wants to know, Kurt, what's your favorite walking dead character and why is it Shane? <laughs> it's Shane because that's my nephew, John Bernthal. <laughs> I love the walking dead. It's I didn't know that. Friends. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're going to have John on as our guest in August. Uh, well, it's coming up here. <laughs> John Bernthal is going to be a guest on our show. How about that? Ladies and gentlemen, you're getting the scoop here. A little <laughs> walking I, dead I action. The cat, out, cat out of the back. Well, we're excited Sorry about that. that. Um, but yeah, you know, Shane, uh, unfortunately for Shane, um, he only lasted two seasons. They killed him off. <laughs> I wish they would have continued on with him. He had a great character. I had no idea. And that dude's been in a bunch of stuff. I had no idea that y'all were related. There's a lot of talent in that family up there, huh? <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, his wife is pretty talented too. She's a, she's a nurse, but she, she was a great athlete in high school. She was incredible. If All she's state. a nurse, she's the real star right there, man. She is the real star. She definitely is. Uh, Ben writes, just like you, I'm from the Pittsburgh area and wondered what are your, some, some of your favorite sports, uh, in Pittsburgh and wrestling memories. So when it comes to being a Pittsburgh sports fan, you got any favorite Pittsburgh sports memories? Well, gosh, we, we were considered the city of champions. Yep. Uh, you know, the Steelers of the seventies, four super bowls, pirates, won two uh, world series. Uh, the penguins won a few Stanley cups. Um, uh, we, we were a very proud city. We were considered, we called ourselves a city of champions. I won Olympic gold medal, uh, wrestling memory, Bruno Sammartino, uh, the, the city of Pittsburgh takes so much pride in that Bruno was from Pittsburgh. So uh, a lot of memories with Bruno, but uh, Pittsburgh's a very proud city about their sports and uh, they, they let people know about it. 
trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a thousand locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and same or next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. Here's one from, uh, Dean Mori, And, uh, we get this question a lot. I don't know that you have an answer, but we'll take a stab at it. When will chicken snacks be available to buy in the UK? Oh, we're working on a distributor right now. It should be done very soon. So you'll be able to get chicken snacks in the UK soon here, uh, sooner than later. I promise. The mailman cometh says if you and Bret Hart were still in the prime of your careers, how would you book that rivalry? Would you capitalize on the un-American Brett and what match would you have be the blow off? Yeah, I would do the un-American Brett and, uh, you know, the American uh, hero, Kurt Angle. And, uh, it's a very simple storyline, uh, but very effective. And I think my rubber match would definitely be a one hour Iron Man match, Kurt Angle versus Bret Hart, one hour Iron Man match. That is five star. Definitely. Here's one from a wrestling historian. He says, if TNA wasn't around, how long would you have stayed in WWE? That's an interesting question. I mean, you were burnt out, you were hurt, you were in a bad place. You needed a break, but if there wasn't an alternative, if you didn't feel like you could fall back on TNA, would you have tried to ask for time off or soldier through, or what do you think that would have looked like for you? Uh, yeah, I would ask for time off. I would have probably taken a year or two off and went back to the WWE. But TNA gave me a reduced schedule. They gave me what I wanted. They gave me the money I wanted. And I don't regret that decision. Um, I might have stayed in TNA a little bit longer than I expected. But uh, I had a lot of fun there. And um, I don't regret that decision. But if I if TNA didn't exist, I definitely would have went back to WLB within a year or two after I left. Uh, JJ says, is it true that fans ask to rub your bald head when they meet you? <laughs> a friend of mine said he did. And you happily obliged Kurt. That's a little weird. Is that real? Yeah. You can rub my head whenever you want, but only if I'm in a good mood, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> Let's just so not try it. Make sure I'm in a good mood before you rub my head. <laughs> I, I would approach Kurt cautiously, almost like a bear in the woods. You wouldn't just go rub his head without his permission. I don't want people giving you noogies at the Thank airport. Hey, Mr. Angle, can I rub your head? And I'll say yes or no. My goodness. You're asking for a world of hurt. If you do that, uh, D wants to know, did Hulk ever say anything to you about working stiff with him brother? <laughs> uh, not with me personally, but I remember wrestling Hulk Hogan at Madison square garden. It was a six man tag. And afterward he went to the back to the gorilla position. He walked up to Vince and he said, Hey Vince, the Olympic boy is a little L stiffo. That's what he told Vince. <laughs> <laughs> I did lay into him that night and, uh, um, it, it was, it, it was dumb. It, it was, uh, it was, I was, I was stupid on my part. The, the problem was Hogan came in late that night. He came in about a half hour before the show started and, uh, he wanted to sit down and put the match together. And we already structured the match. And, uh, he was like, well, you know, let's put this match together. I said, it's already put together. Here's, here's your slot of time. When you're going to be in the ring, you do whatever you want to do. And, um, 
you know, there were certain spots we had to do in the match. Uh, there was one where, uh, so someone need to, uh, knock Hulk Hogan off the edge of the, uh, ring onto the floor so I could get a false finish in so that nobody was, uh, standing there looking, you know, like an idiot while their teammate was getting pinned. And when the person went over to knock Hogan off, he stayed on the, the, um, edge of the ring. He didn't, he didn't fall to the floor. So <laughs> the next time I had to go over there to knock him out off, I stiffed him really hard right in the head to get him to, to fall to the ground. And the second time he did fall. So he told Vince, I was a little out stiff. And I don't blame him. I feel bad for doing that to Hulk Hogan. I should have never done. How cool was it to be in Madison square garden, standing across the ring from Hulk Hogan? Oh my God. It was a dream come true. You know, it's Hulk Hogan, the most popular man in the history of wrestling. And you're in the most popular arena in the history of wrestling of any sporting event. And, uh, uh, it, it was definitely a dream come true. I, I, you know, five years prior, I would have never dreamed that this would happen. Uh, here's one, uh, from the Nathan, he says, how did you like working with Joe Hendry in WCPW? And do you think with his amateur background and great charisma, he could be a big star in any promotion that would take him? Yeah. Joe Hendry was great. I loved his character. He would sing songs about his opponents. Tremendous videos. I loved it. I, I, I think he would have success in any promotion. He was great in the ring. Great on the microphone, great character. He had a great look. Um, I wouldn't doubt anywhere he went, he would have a lot of success. Pardon the interruption. I hope you're enjoying the Kurt Angle show. Did you know that there's an official store for the podcast? It's called boxagimmicks.com. It's where you can find shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more all related to the Kurt Angle show. It is one of the best ways to support the podcast. So check out boxagimmicks.com and thank you for listening to the Kurt Angle show. Uh, Bruce and I did a, a tour of Europe a few years ago. And, uh, we had the good fortune to be on the same card as him. And I was, I, I was not familiar with his work ahead of time, but my goodness, how entertaining is he? I know he's done some stuff with impact and ring of honor, but you got to think you're going to see more of him sooner rather than later. Uh, Dan, I hope so. Yeah. Dan Knightley wants to know, Kurt, how's your neck feeling and overall health these days? Well, my neck is, uh, not that great. I have a lot of motor skill problems in my hands, my fingers because of my neck, uh, numbness down my arms, I have a lot of pain in my neck. I've been putting off fusion surgery for gosh, 15 years. And, uh, I might not be able to put it off much longer. I'm going to eventually have to have fusion. I've, I've had the quick fix surgeries just so I could get back in the ring again. And, you know, uh, and, uh, the last one I did, I think was 2015. Uh, but I'm going to eventually have to have fusion. I've just been putting it off. Uh, Owen says your comedy was next level. Any fun stories on filming backstage comedy segments with the undertaker? Oh, undertaker. Um, I remember the, the moped incident when I offered him a moped, because I spilled milk on his motorcycle. Uh, Taker was a lot of fun to work with. He had a dry sense of humor, but he had a good sense of humor. And, uh, you know, when he would look at you, it was like your dad looking at you and right. saying, son, I roll over you, you know? So he's very intimidating. And I use that in a lot of the segments to show that, uh, I just posted something today on social media where, uh, undertaker intimidated me in the pre-tape. It, it was hilarious. And, um, um, it, it, he was a lot of fun to work with, uh, but he was very dry, 
but 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 it worked really well, especially with the comedy eyebrow. Uh, Corey Ellingworth wants to know who the hell talked you into doing pro wrestlers versus zombies. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Actually, the director got a hold of me. I was available at the time. He paid me good money, and I decided to do it. And you know what? At least I was in a movie with zombies. That's all I ever wanted in my life. <laughs> I'm sure Shane was happy. Uh, yes. <laughs> Bryant wants to know, have you ever thought about coaching amateur wrestling, either on the high school collegiate or Olympic level? Yes, I, I will. Eventually there are just certain things I want to do right now. I mean, I couldn't coach while I was doing pro wrestling. Right. Uh, now, now I got the supplement company, physically fit nutrition with the chicken snacks. I got the podcast going on. I've been taking acting classes. I want to pursue some acting, uh, do some movies, uh, but eventually I'm going to get around to amateur wrestling and I'm going to be coaching, uh, probably, uh, high school or college. That's fantastic. I know we can't wait to see that. Jack wants to know, Kurt, I got to know what's your go-to order at Pramati's Pramani brothers. Pramani. Uh, it's awesome. We in Pittsburgh love our sandwiches with coleslaw and fries inside of it. So uh, I would say uh, a turkey sandwich with the thick white bread with the coleslaw and French fries inside of it. That is Pittsburgh food. I absolutely love it. It's my favorite, uh, favorite sandwich. Uh, I uh, got another one here from Ted, the hillbilly heel. He says, who showed you how to quote unquote bleed during a match? That's something <laughs> that, you know, for whatever reason, a lot of guys get uncomfortable talking about, but coming from amateur wrestling, I can't imagine the first time someone said, okay, here's what you do. Uh, <laughs> who, who would have helped you with that? Well, uh, you know, one of the first times I had to bleed, I believe it was SummerSlam 2001 against stone cold, Steve Austin. And Steve made me a blade. And, uh, so I had it, I, I, I put tape around my wrist and put the blade inside of it. And, uh, when the time came to do it, I kept slicing my head and nothing was working. It just, I just kept, I was barely getting, you know, scratching the surface and it was like hurting, killing me. Like, uh, it, it starts getting painful when you keep trying to gig yourself. And Austin's like, shit, kid, <laughs> get, let me get, 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 give me that razor. And he said, and he dug it in my head and twisted. Oh, and I mean, I, I bled like a sib. I wasn't, I didn't stop bleeding the whole entire match. It was horrible. And, uh, he taught me how to bleed. <laughs> and from then on, that's how I did it. I just didn't do it as hard as he did. He really, he dug it in real hard and twisted really hard and, uh, he probably get the blade in there a good half inch right against oh. my skull. And, uh, I bled profusely, but that's how I got, that's how I learned how to, um, uh, bleed, how to gig. And, uh, Austin taught me the hard way. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, Lindsay wants to know, did, did you ever have a thought of going into commentary when you knew your in-ring career was coming to an end? Hearing your podcast now and knowing how great of a storyteller you are, I think you would have been great on color. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I have considered it. I just haven't had an offer to do it. I'm not sure why, uh, probably, uh, maybe because they don't think I would be a good commentary. I don't know, but, um, if I had the offer, I would consider it, but you know, uh, nobody has offered me. So I, I don't really know. Uh, Francis Reyes says, how much 
do you know how much do you know it was? Okay. When did you start insuring your Olympic gold medal and how does that work? That's not exactly the way he phrased the question, but that is a fair question. Like if you're going to, you know, let's say Mrs. Angle has a big fancy wedding ring. I'm sure she does. It's probably on your homeowner's insurance, but you could just like take that down to a jeweler. He gives you an appraisal. You send that into your insurance company and they insure it for that. How do you insure an Olympic gold medal? I don't know. I know you can, I haven't done it. Uh, but, um, there was a time, the thing is, uh, I didn't bring my real Olympic gold medals to the ring. So that's the reason I didn't insure them. Uh, I keep, I keep my gold medals in the safe. And, uh, so, uh, they're safe in there. I know that. Uh, but, but you know, when you, uh, when you go down the ring, uh, I, I had uh, one of my duplicates stolen and, uh, so, you know, it can happen and, uh, you don't know when it's going to happen, but that that's the reason why I didn't wear my gold medals. Vince McMahon said, Hey, I don't want you to bring your gold medals, your real gold medals. Yeah. Cause if they get stolen, there's no way to replace them. So I'm going to make you duplicates. And he did. They looked exactly like the Olympic gold medal. I had, he made two of them. One of them got stolen, uh, during a match that I had, I believe it was a six man chamber match. And, uh, I had the gold medal around my neck and I was inside the chamber and I was supposed to get out to wrestle eventually. So I put the gold medal on the floor inside the chamber. And when the match was over, a fan jumped over. Uh, the, the barricade grabbed the medal and ran. So uh, we never saw that gold medal again. And I heard the duplicates alone were $3,000 a match. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. We got to get some of those. Uh, Henry wants to know what was it like being insulted by the rock in a promo? Did he ever tell you in advance what he may say? Now I realize some of our listeners probably think that's a little silly, but occasionally the rock had a reputation for uh, going off script and he had some really handy one-liners that could just cut a guy to the bone and he's not doing it in the back. He's doing it in front of millions of people watching on TV and a sold out crowd. Did you ever find yourself in a spot like that with the rock? Yeah. I mean, he improvised a lot, so you didn't know what he was going to say. Even when you knew what the script was, he didn't follow the script entirely. So you, you didn't know if you're going to crack up or start crying. I mean, uh, rock was one of the best promo guys in the business and he's one of the most entertaining guys. And, uh, you just didn't know what he was going to say and you had to be ready. Narrator has a great question. He wants to know if you ever considered dabbling in Brazilian jiu-jitsu post wrestling or even during wrestling. I did some Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, back in 2011, about six months. It was a very hard adjustment from amateur wrestling. You have to remember amateur wrestling, you're not supposed to go to your back. Right. So, you know, you're trained never to go to your back. So in jiu-jitsu, it's not a bad thing to be on your back. Right. Uh, you know, especially if you're going to put somebody in the guard or you can go for submissions from underneath. Uh, so it, it was a hard adjustment to learn because I... I wasn't very comfortable there. And, uh, eventually I, I got fairly good at it. I didn't stick with it long enough to, you know, get, you know, where I was getting, gaining belts and, you know, all that stuff. But, um, I did learn some of the process, uh, in that six months. As a wrestling fan, there's a good chance. You might've seen one of Chris Van Vliet's interviews on YouTube. He's a TV host. Who's done interviews with pretty much everyone in the business, including me. He also has a podcast too. It's called insight with Chris van Vliet. And he asks great questions and really brings out the best in his guests. 
This doesn't feel like your typical wrestling interview show. Chris has a really conversational style that makes it feel like two friends just catching up. Some of his guests include The Rock, John Cena, Chris Jericho, Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross, Tony Khan, as well as other actors, musicians, and more. And in every episode, Chris is great at pulling out useful pieces of advice from everyone he talks to that you can apply to your own life. As mentioned, I was recently a guest and I talked about things I'd never discussed in an interview before. The people who influenced me like Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, or Gary V. What we look at when we're hiring new employees. I also gave a behind the scenes look at what goes into making all of our shows. I can't recommend Chris as an interviewer enough. I think he's one of the best in the space by far. Uh, and I really enjoy his show. Uh, I saw a great interview he just did with TJ Wilson the other day. Go out of your way to see it. His podcast is called Insight with Chris Van Vliet, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Again, it's Insight with Chris Van Vliet, and for more information, just go to chrisvanvliet.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T.com. Boy, here's a fun question. Chris wants to know what's harder wrestling in the Olympics with a broken neck or being a pirates fan. <laughs> oh man. That's a tough question. I don't know. Pirates have been pretty disappointing the last several years. Uh, and they've, they've recruited a lot of good guys. I just feel like they, they set these guys up and then they end up trading them off to other teams. So we, we never have the team that, uh, we're trying to, uh, mold, uh, from the, uh, minor leagues. Uh, so, uh, but I would have to say the Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck might've been a little bit harder than being a pirates. Here's one from Corey Illingworth. What's the worst fan interaction you've ever had? Oh, wow. Yes. Um, what the, the only time I brought my Olympic gold medal, and this is why Vince didn't want me to bring it anymore. I was at the Baltimore arena. We just got done with a show. I think it was SmackDown. I went outside. There was no security. There was about 5,000 fans out there in the parking lot. So I was walking with the gold medal in my bag and uh, fans wanted my autographs. So I kindly obliged. I dropped the bag and I started signing autographs and a fan grabbed the bag and ran. And I freaked out and I said, holy shit, my gold medal was in that bag. I need it back. And thank God, one of the kids that stole it, the kid that stole it, one of the kids that was there was his friend. He called his friend and said, listen, you need to bring it back. His gold medal's in there. It's not just merchandise or T-shirts. It's the gold medal. So the fan brought it back. I was very grateful. I didn't ask him any questions, didn't do anything to him. I was just grateful to get it back. And that's the reason why Vince made me do it. Uh, Drew Roper has a great question. He says, what's your best Jim Ross, Bruce Pritchard, or Eric Bischoff story? Just pick one. You got a funny or embarrassing story about any of those three. Uh, you probably heard it already. Um, Bruce Pritchard, when, uh, WWE invited me up after the Olympics in 1996, they offered me a, a, a very lucrative contract and, uh, I, I turned it down, but I went up for the interview and, uh, Bruce Pritchard interviewed me. And I didn't understand pro wrestling. I never watched it. I, I didn't know what it was all about. All I told him was, if I sign with this company, I can never be beaten. I'm undefeated. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. I can't be beaten ever. 
And Bruce said, okay, we'll get back in touch with you. And that's the last time I heard from them. <laughs> so, uh, because I didn't understand the business, you know, they, they were like, this guy's an asshole, <laughs> you know, he doesn't want to lose. He doesn't understand the business. I didn't understand that you have to put each other over to make each other more popular. I just thought that, you know, if I go in there, I have to win all the time. Cause I'm an Olympic gold medalist. I didn't understand. So, uh, the, the interview got cut short and I never heard back from the WWE until I contacted them in 1998. Umar Khan wants to know, Kurt, how did you feel leaving TNA in 2016? What was on your mind and what did you want to do? Well, I left TNA because, uh, for one, you know, the money started drying out. Um, they, they weren't giving me the deal that I had for, you know, 10 or 11 years. Uh, and also I knew I wanted to go back to WWE to retire. I wanted to do it for the fans to, to thank them for, uh, all their support over the years. And I thought that it was the right move. So, uh, my thoughts were going back to the WWE. Uh, Podfather fan wants to know what's your favorite Bret Hart match. Oh gosh, that's easy. Uh, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, Iron Man match. Uh, that match didn't have a finish in the 60 minutes. And I thought it was awesome. You didn't like it. Conrad? No, it's the most overrated WrestleMania main event in history. <laughs> the, the best Brett match. I would have accepted Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam 91. I would have accepted, uh, the stone cold match at WrestleMania 13. You picked a dog. That would suck. Okay. In my defense, I've never seen those matches. Okay. All right. We're going to watch them <laughs> together one day and you're going to love them. Uh, ZTO wants to know, would you have ever considered starting a pro wrestling school? I've considered it. I think that if I do do it, um, it will be in connection with my amateur wrestling school. Mm. Um, that's if I do it, um, uh, I'm going to have to have a lot more employees and a lot more trainers. I do understand that, but I love pro wrestling. I love it as much as amateur wrestling. And I'd love to teach guys how to do it. Uh, you know, let them see the tricks and trades to it. And, yeah. uh, it would be really cool. So eventually I might end up doing it. All right. Ryan is happy. Wants to know what was your favorite match in TNA? Oh man, that's tough. Uh, any match with AJ styles or Samoa Joe, I really enjoyed the MMA style match I had with Samoa Joe. I believe it was 2008. Uh, it was in a cage and we, we, we did like an MMA style match and, uh, it was, it was really cool match. It was, uh, you know, watching it back was like, oh, this is better than I expected it to be. And uh, Samoa Joe is a, a great in-ring performer, and he has a lot of MMA. He has some MMA background, so I knew it would work extremely well, and we had great chemistry. That 90s wrestling podcast says, how is it working with Matt Morgan at Bound for Glory, and are you surprised he didn't wind up being a bigger star than what he achieved? Oh, Matt Morgan at Bound for Glory, I had one of my best matches against a big guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, th that match was incredible. I, I was so proud of Matt and how he stepped up and I, I am surprised he, he was a star. That's, that's not, uh, yeah. you know, uh, he, he was definitely a star, but I don't think he reached the potential that he should have. He, he was, he was definitely up there as one of the best big guys in the business. And, uh, he proved that time and time again. And I, I think that he deserved a little more credit than he got. Albert wants to know, was there ever a story considered where you became an American turncoat like Sergeant Slaughter? 
What's a turncoat? Is that, that turn well, your back on America? Yeah. So he became an Iraqi sympathizer and he turned his back on America. Well, did anybody ever pitch that for you? No, no, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I did come close to it. I mean, think about it. I had Davari as my manager and, uh, I was doing a little bit of anti-American stuff and, uh, but I, I never went cold Turkey, non-American. I, I don't know if I could do that. I'm too patriotic. Uh, Daniel wants to know what music does Kurt use for working out these days? What are his go-to three albums? Well, this is crazy. Oh my gosh. Uh, I was just asked this last week, uh, just from somebody on the street. I, I never listened to music when I trained. And the reason was when you compete in the Olympics or in college or high school, you don't have music playing while you're competing in a competition. So I wanted to have the same atmosphere while I was training. So I, I trained in quiet and, uh, it got me ready for how competition was going to be. And I've done that my whole entire life afterward. I know it sounds boring as hell, but I, I think about the stuff I need to do that day. And, uh, and, uh, it gets me through the workout, but I, I, I don't, I don't listen to music. Unfortunately, I wish I would have, but maybe I need to start. <laughs> it might be a lot more fun. Well, here's a great question to send us home with Michael danger. Hill wants to know, did Jason Jordan call you on father's day? <laughs> yes. Jason Jordan calls me every year. He's a great son. I love him very much. <laughs> NMLS number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lenders. Woo. With the real estate market being so hot, you have more equity than ever before. Use that equity to consolidate all of your credit card debt and get the cash you need to turn your house into your dream home at SaveWithConrad.com. Well, I know what you got him for Christmas this year. The same is for us. It's PhysicallyFit.com. It's chicken snacks. What are you waiting for? If you haven't already, hustle on over to PhysicallyFit.com. Click on products, and then you can click where to buy. I've got three within driving range of my house. But what I do is I click buy online because then I can use the promo code AnglePod and save 20% off my entire order. Not just one item, but the entire order. And when I say entire order, I want to remind you, you got a bunch of different flavors to choose from. Sweet barbecue, sriracha with peanuts and almonds, Kung Pao with dry roasted peas and pretzels. Of course, everybody's favorite Buffalo wing and blue cheese. You've even got pizza flavors, jalapeno ranch. And boy, the ladies and kids that absolutely love cinnamon swirl with pretzels, but you don't just have chicken snacks. You've got organic plant protein is snack smart. You can get sour cream and onion with bagel pieces and rice sticks. You can get spicy Buffalo and blue cheese, even with organic print, easy for me to say plant protein, honey, mustard with pretzel pieces. And of course, brown sugar, cinnamon with pretzels. There's something for everybody at physicallyfit.com, right? Kurt. Yes, there is. You can go to physicallyfit.com to get your orders. Uh, you'll get 20% off the whole entire order. Use AngoPod as your code, and you're good to go. I want to mention, too, uh, not only do you get 20% off your entire order, but you get a bunch of servings in every bag. For instance, on the buffalo cheese or buffalo and blue cheese, you've got seven servings in there, and you're going to go ahead and be like a dollar a serving. So this is not a small bag. This is a big bag. And with our discount, you're going to be looking at about eight bucks. So why not do this? Try it out. See what all the fuss is about, or just look on our social media. You're going to see people bragging about how much they love it. It's not something you're going to order one time. It's not just a novelty where I know a lot of like non IPA beer drinkers, they bought stone cold beer and they put it on a shelf. 
Don't put this on a shelf. Eat it. You're going to love it. You're going to reorder it. And it's a good snack. It's not something that's bad for you. It's a healthy snack. It's Kurt angle made Kurt angle approved. And there's a ton of protein in here, right? Kurt. Yes, there is. There's uh between six and 10 grams of protein per serving. The Buffalo and blue cheese is uh, one of the cleanest ones. If you're, if you're looking for a really healthy one, uh, but they're all healthy. They're all, they're all high protein, low carb, low fat. You can get 20% of your protein in a single serving of Buffalo wing and blue cheese. Come on, check it out. It's physicallyfit.com. And while you're browsing around, you want to hit up KurtAnglebrand.com. Not only can you get birthday cards and eight by tens, but you can even get cowboy hats and cartons of milk, even a cameo. There's something for everybody, but maybe my favorite thing you do over there, Kurt at KurtAnglebrand.com. If you have something that you want autographed, you can send it to Kurt. Kurt will sign it and send it back. So if you have an old title belt, maybe you met Kurt at a meet and greet or an appearance, you can go ahead and send him your picture of you guys together and he'll autograph it for you. Not a lot of folks are doing that, Kurt, and you do it very affordably. Yes. Uh, I make it very affordable so everybody can afford it and go to KurtAnglebrand.com. Uh, you know, uh, if you want to send something to me, uh, send a prepaid postage envelope and uh, a small donation. Uh, and I, I will, uh, do your request, whatever you want me to write on it. I'll do it and I'll send it back to you. All the details are at KurtAnglebrand.com, and be sure to follow Kurt on Twitter at real Kurt angle. Kurt's back out making appearances. Life is getting a little more back to normal. You can meet Kurt in person. He's probably coming to a town near you. It's at real Kurt angle and keep up with all of his merch and everything else at KurtAnglebrand.com. But as we're getting into the summertime, people are starting to travel. You're going to need some snacks on the road. That's physically fit.com, but we'll be back next week. We've got another great show planned for you. And I think we have some secret double secret, maybe not so secret interviews coming your way, but there's one that's uh, pretty special that you lined up this week. I know we don't want to spill the beans yet, but I had to do a double take at the text message. You've gone way deep in the Rolodex and pulled out some big stars, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've gotten, uh, John Bernthal. We have Randy Couture coming up in August. We have uh Ray Mysterio, October 1st. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to have some great stars on the show. Uh, very excited to, to bring these stars to you guys. Stay tuned. It's the Kurt angle show. We'll see you next week right here on cumulus podcasts. Thanks everybody. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.